Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 74. In today's show, we'll be talking to Scott Schwartley, founder and CEO of Ethos3 and creator of Badge, a proprietary presentation assessment tool which helps presenters discover and maximize their presentation style. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Shai. Hey, Craig, I love this topic of presentations, and I'm curious, tell me about a presentation that you saw that really stuck with you. Of course, there's always a number that we think about if we really dig into it. But I remember a TED Talk specifically around schools. It was by Ken Robinson. It was about, do schools kill creativity? And right away, the title was interesting. So he captivated the audience. He really took them on a journey with new information, new facts, lots of great visuals. And you really felt like you were really coming into something different and new. It really shifted your train of thinking and almost to the epiphany level. So it was really impressive how it was executed and the content. How about yourself? Oh, yeah. I mean, so many great presentations I've seen and and certainly a number of them on TED Talks. One that comes to mind is Dan Ariely. I'm a big fan of his work. And he did a talk a lot of our listeners probably know called Are We in Control of Our Own Decisions? And he's just such a compelling presenter. You know, he is an educator and he has a great presence, but the way he uses graphics to tell his story and he also interjects humor in a way that's appropriate, but not overbearing. He's got very relaxed style, but it's a similar thing like you talked about. He really takes you on a journey and he really never loses sight of his audience. And I think that's what's so key. And on the flip side, we've walked out of many, haven't we? It's <laughs> just amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had any recently? Yes, too many, actually. You know, we don't do a great job of teaching people this skill, at least in formal education. And I know this is true because I still sit in on so many PowerPoints on a regular basis that have just bullet point after bullet point after bullet point. And essentially what people are doing is they're reading their internal outline of what they want to cover to you, and they're showing you their outline. And we all know what happens when we see that, right? What does your brain do when you see that? You know, the shades of pulling out the smartphone and working on something else. Yeah. You, you want to help them, but the audience might not allow it. It's really unfortunate. You know, it, just this past week alone, we had someone come in for one of one of my businesses that was interested in selling us lightweight software <laughs> service solution for an enterprise software product that we absolutely hate. We're dying to get rid of this. We can't wait for somebody to solve this for us. right? So we had this great recommendation and this guy came in to brief us on his solution. And let me tell you, same exact thing. So he had a huge slide deck, which you could see when he pulled it up, right? Because I could see the slide sorter. And as soon as I saw how many slides were on it, already the red flag went up, right? (laughs) And then I also noticed really quickly that there were no graphics on these slides and they were all going to be bullet points. And this person was so in love with their product. They were so anchored. I think he had an engineering and technical background. So really wanted to spend an awful lot of time telling me the compelling reason why he was the person and this was the product, et cetera, et cetera. 
And I have to tell you, after about three slides, I just had to interrupt him. I felt like I was being abused. (laughs) Well, it goes into that famous quote by Betty White and her famous one that I love so much when she was on Saturday Night Live and she was telling that the staff was introducing her to Facebook and the Twitter and so forth. And she says, what an amazing waste of time. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, it's so true, right? So <laughs> It is. It's scary. And you want to help them. You know, They range from the most boring and waste of your time presentation all the way to the most engaging and deeply rich presentation that you just can't get enough of. So how yeah. do we get from one to the other? How do we move this needle? Well, I think that you know, so much of this starts with your audience, but there's really some things you can do tactically to improve your presentation skills. And you know, our guest today is an expert in exactly this field. His name is Scott Schwartley. And Scott is the founder and CEO of Ethos 3 and the creator of Badge. And Badge is actually a presentation style assessment tool, which Craig and I both took, by the way, and we'll be talking about that in the show with Scott as well. And it really helps you understand what your strengths are in presenting and what your opportunities are for improvement. You know, Scott's also the author of two books, What's Your Presentation Persona, which just came out, and then How to Be a Presentation God, which was the precursor to that book. So yeah, I guess you could say that Scott's more than just a little bit into presentations. And when he's not working with his team building world-class presentations for his many customers, you can find him co-hosting his excellent podcast, Presentation Scientists, available on iTunes. Good morning, Scott. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Good morning, Chai. Good morning, Craig. Glad to be here. Very happy to have you here today. And we're really excited for your new book release, What's Your Presentation Persona? Discover Your Unique Communication Style and Succeed in Any Arena. Scott, give us a little background. What inspired you to write this book? Yeah, I was really looking to create a book that could really make a larger impact uh, on the presentation space. I actually had my first book come out a few years ago, back in 2011, called How to Be a Presentation God, which essentially covered your basic how to build a presentation, how to design a presentation, how to deliver a presentation, sort of those tips and tricks. And so when working on my second book, I wanted to do something that was going to have a real sort of unique angle to it, something that could really make a radical impact in the presentation space and industry. And that's really where the idea came from, where it's actually the whole idea of helping presenters find out exactly what their speaking persona is or what their presentation profile is all about, and then taking that newfound knowledge and improving how they want to tackle presentations moving forward. And so where did you come up with the idea of personas? Yeah, so really where the idea stems from is at Ethos 3, which is my presentation design and training company, I've had this company now for over a decade. And from a HR perspective, one thing that I've been a huge fan of and just a huge advocate of are just the whole idea of doing assessments. And so I know here at Ethos 3, part of our onboarding process is that we're real big believers in the predictive index, which is sort of like the grandfather of the Myers-Briggs, as well as the Wonderlick. And there's other tests that I've been exposed to over time, the DISC and, and several other others. Uh, also a big believer in strengths finder. I've loved knowing what an individual's top strengths are and specifically your top five strengths. But all that to say, I've been a huge advocate of having assessments as part of our onboarding process. And I was actually getting together with a colleague about two years ago. And one of the things that came up or one of our conversation topics was, wouldn't it be great if we could actually create an assessment like this, but for presenters and for our industry? And that's really where the idea of badge came from. And badge is sort of the proprietary assessment that we're talking about, which is featured within the book. 
And was this your colleague, Sunday Mancini, your co-author? Uh, yes, that's correct. So Sunday actually came up with the idea. And then from there, the idea was born. And I essentially created sort of a, a badge task force at Ethos 3. And then we just started the process of creating the assessment, putting the questions together, and then holding a number of focus groups and everything else to sort of perfect the assessment as a whole. Scott, tell me a little bit more about badge. Yeah, so Badge is essentially a proprietary assessment created by Ethos3, which essentially will help an individual determine which one of 16 profiles fits them best. So it's very much inspired by tests like the Myers-Briggs and the DISC, where it's based on a four-quadrant system, and it's these four specific areas that we're trying to measure to help someone determine what their profile is. The good news is, is once they know which one of the 16 profiles fits them best, they'll have a heightened sense of awareness as far as what their strengths are as a presenter, what their weaknesses are as a presenter, and other basic things like which audience will adore them and then which audiences will obviously give them a challenge so they can plan accordingly. And are each of the personas equally effective for a presenter? Yes. In fact, I would vouch to say that every persona or every profile has its own set of pros and cons. And just like StrengthsFinder, for those out there that are fans of StrengthsFinder, just as a human can have you know, 37 or 40 different strengths, there's the top five that are good to know that you sort of bring to the table. And that same philosophy applies here that really, no matter what persona you are, what profile you are, there's something to be said about owning that profile and, and maximizing it the next time that you have to give a talk. So can I say that if we get really granular, can I say is one stronger than another? I guess you can kind of ultimately make that argument, but I would say on a basic level, all of them are essentially equal. Again, each one of them bringing their own unique skill sets and traits to the table when thinking about a presentation environment. So the idea is if you can understand what your tendencies are, you know the strengths that are associated with that. And then it can also help you understand what your potential blind spots might be around that profile. Absolutely. And I think that's a critical component. It's owning what you're good at. And then if when you do get awareness of those blind spots or those weaknesses, then at least you've got the awareness to start working on those before the next time you step up in front of a room. Okay. So I have one for you, Scott. Roll up your sleeves a little bit because Craig and I both (laughs) took separately. We took the assessment to find out our presentation persona and we both showed up as liberators. So help us with that. What does that mean? What are our blind spots? How do the quadrants work? Yes. So uh, let me break that down for all the listeners out there. So I'm actually very happy to hear that you guys scored as a liberator. Actually, that's one of my personal favorite profiles. It's it's actually a very strong profile. So great to hear that. It makes sense. Obviously, you guys do this sort of thing as part of your career. So not overly shocked or surprised there that you guys scored as liberators. But I'll break that down for everybody. So what that essentially means is in order to have these 16 profiles, as I mentioned before, it's based off four quadrants. And to help sort of provide a better understanding of what that means, Again, each profile is based on four quadrants and how an individual would score in each one of these four quadrants. So the four quadrants that I'm talking about are exploration, sharing, response, and durability. And I'll give sort of a quick headline for each one of those. So exploration is quadrant number one. And what that essentially measures is, is someone actually prepared, rehearsed, ready for their talk? Is it the type of person that actually does their due diligence behind the scenes to plan, prepare, gather their data, and actually create 
a narrative and even design that narrative in such a way that it's going to make the biggest impact. So someone who scores high in exploration is generally somebody that's going to take their presentation very seriously on the back end. The second quadrant is sharing. What that includes is pretty much everything surrounding what a person actually looks like on stage. So when you think about classic delivery techniques, nonverbal behavior, eye contact, how someone opens a presentation, closes a presentation, that's what the sharing quadrant is all about. It's what somebody looks like when they're in front of the room. The third quadrant is response, and that essentially measures how your audience actually perceives you as a presenter. So are you providing opportunities for Q&A, exercises, interaction? Probably more importantly, does the presenter actually have a servant's heart that they understand that the presentation is not about them, it's about their audience? And someone who has that mindset generally would score well in the response quadrant. And then the final quadrant is durability, which essentially measures, does your presentation stand the test of time? When you think about a Martin Luther King and I Have a Dream or Abraham Lincoln in the Gettysburg Address or even John F. Kennedy in his 1961 inaugural address, those are all presenters and speeches that have amazing durability. These are speeches and presenters that have stood the test of time. Now, somebody giving a, a pitch you know, next week about some widget, you know, that may not have strong durability. So someone who does that on a frequent basis probably would score lower in this section. So with all that said, individuals can score either high in these quadrants or they can score low in these quadrants. And the fact that you guys actually scored as a liberator, uh, what that communicates to me is you actually scored high in all four quadrants. So you scored high in expiration that you typically take your presentation seriously from a narrative and a design standpoint. Sharing, you scored high there where you actually look great when you're up there doing your thing. Response sounds like audiences tend to enjoy your presentations and you tend to have a good relationship with them. And then durability sounds like obviously you're passionate about creating messages that stand the test of time. So hearing that you're a liberator actually was a very positive thing. It shows that you're probably a very well-rounded presenter. So, by the way, it's really awesome to hear you say that. <laughs> we obviously appreciate the assessment. And no, we haven't paid Scott in advance to talk about how great we are. But, uh, but you know, it's cool to hear that in your words, right, and see how we show up in that way and, and hopefully are providing that with our audience. So what do we do next with this information? What are some of the downsides and things we need to be aware of as liberators? Yeah. So as liberators, obviously you're on a great track. It means you've got the right mindset that you have the appropriate level of seriousness that's needed to excel in a presentation environment. Possible blind spots or downfalls, I think, which happen with really any sort of liberator is, since I could say ego, uh, sometimes I know even someone like myself who's been giving presentations for a long time, it's easy to think that yesterday's presentation will save you today. That just because you're a rock star last week or last month or last year when giving that same presentation that you're going to perform well again. And that's something that liberators need to be mindful of, that there's so many different dynamics. There's kind of like a kind of paraphrasing Bill Gates here, but he talks about how there is no finish line, that with presentations, just because someone scores well as a liberator, and that means they're on the right track, it doesn't mean that you need to stop learning. And then it doesn't mean that you need to stop growing in this area, that there's always better techniques. There's other things you can perfect and practice. And again, it's easy for ego to get in the way or years of experience to get in the way. But I think as long as a liberator can always keep a humble mindset, not only about what they look like on stage, but even the narratives that they're creating. Again, 
nice to know that there's always room for improvement. As far as the other profiles that aren't as maybe, let's say, as fortunate as a liberator, where maybe someone scores, let's say, low in exploration or low in response, then obviously that opens up tremendous opportunity to actually start planning more appropriately. A profile that comes to mind is the captivator. That's actually very identical to the liberator, but the difference between a liberator and a captivator is the captivator actually does not score well in exploration. And kind of a, a personality, I think, here that may be universal for most people would be a, a Captain Kirk from Star Trek. Someone that doesn't really plan and prepare, but when they're up there doing their thing, they sure do look good doing it. But it does create opportunity for the Captain Kirks of the world that, hey, what if you took your exploration just a little bit more seriously? What if you actually thought through every word that you talk about? What if you double-checked your stats and your facts? It would actually maybe even lend to the idea that you would increase the other ones. In this case, even something like durability, we're having a message that would even stand the test of time in a better fashion there. So yeah, definitely lots of things to keep in mind there. And again, always room for improvement. Scott, when it comes down to the different personas, are there different audiences and topics that work better with certain personas or vice versa? Yeah, definitely. Depending on the arena and what you find yourself in, I think there are certain personas that can excel more so in certain environments. So for instance, when I think about TED Talks, you know, obviously in a situation like that, you're going to generally have a lot of liberators just for the fact that these are probably folks that have made a living being in front of a room or presenting or taking all their knowledge and their facts and stats and putting that into a narrative to share with the rest of the world. But there's also a lot of TED speakers that are hitting the TED stage for the very first time where they've been hiding in a lab for the last 15 years. And so what you're going to find in situations like that is either one, they're going to be liberators because this is how they make a living. Or two, if they are sort of in that you know, maybe they've got sort of that scientist sort of background. I've found a lot of TED speakers to be the scholar profile, which is strong in exploration. So they prepare and plan. They're strong in durability. So they've got something important to say and share with the rest of the world, but they're low in sharing and low in response, meaning they don't look that great on stage because they're low in sharing. And the audience doesn't necessarily love them. So they score low in that. But when the audience walks away, they go, wow, actually that person had something really important important to say, and that's why they get the high durability score. So for environments like that, personally, I see a lot of liberators in conjunction with scholars for that environment. And then that same sort of philosophy applies to all different industries. Obviously, when you think about salespeople, they're actually the complete opposite of a scholar. So you're going to see a lot of activators in that sort of environment. So low in exploration, low in durability. So they don't plan and prepare. They don't have something that lasts the test of time. But they look great on stage and audiences tend to eat them up. So that's an activator profile, again, very opposite of the scholar profile. And again, you can apply the same dynamic to team presentations where sometimes if you've got an activator, it's good for the activator to actually team up with a scholar and they sort of balance each other out. They find themselves in a team situation. From your experience in working with many clients, can you tell us about a presenter profile where they were okay and through implementation of the program that really made some significant strides? Yeah, what I've noticed is that typically with these personas, just like with most personality assessments, you kind of are who you are. Now, can you migrate and change and, you know, sort of move the needle? Absolutely. And what I've found through training individuals, definitely that change can happen sort of in a short-term environment. But what I do find is that most people tend to fall back into their natural state. It's, it's kind of the, the classic thing that, you know, really most people don't typically change a whole lot. It's kind of you are who you are. But if people are looking for that long-term lasting change, say they wanted to be a complete opposite profile of how they scored, that is doable. But I've found 
a lot of experts say this, it's usually about a three to five year process to make that radical sort of change. So I can tell you that through training and everything else, I have seen people move the needle, but in complete honesty, I see them move it back after a short period of time. Scott, when I first learned about you and your company, Ethos 3, I was so thrilled to see, first of all, that you exist, because I think that so many people need help at presenting. As you mentioned, this is a skill that you can continue to grow, and it just helps you be more effective in your communications. And what I have to say is that like, when I'm in the classroom, it drives me crazy how much I still see students at all different levels in higher ed still presenting death by PowerPoint bullet point after bullet point, page after page. What are the biggest problems you see in general in presentations? And if you have to say, here are three things you could do right now to present better, what would they be? Yeah, you know, it's amazing. I've had my business now for 11 years and I thought death by PowerPoint would be over by now, but it is still out there and definitely still a lot of abuse of the art and science of public speaking, but definitely tremendous opportunity for improvement on that fund. If I had to give sort of three recommendations on anyone who's maybe getting into the presentation space for the very first time, or even if they're a seasoned veteran, they've been doing this for 20 years, but there's still, again, opportunity to, to change. I would suggest a couple different things. If I had to give three things, number one, I'd want them to think a little bit more seriously about their content. And, you know, I have a company called Ethos 3 for a reason, because everything done in presentations is usually done in threes. And so what I would advocate there, not rocket science here is, but basically try to get it down to three points. The human brain is sort of works like this. It's one, two, three, I forget. And no one's going to remember your fourth, your fifth, or your 10th point. And anybody's really foolish to think that someone would actually retain that if you start going beyond three points. So that's sort of suggestion number one. Number two is if you want to get away from death by PowerPoint, then opt for a photo over a bullet point. Most people feel so inclined to have three, five, seven different bullet points on a slide where why not stretch those out into multiple slides? So instead of having three bullets, you have three separate slides. So that was sort of a content suggestion and a design suggestion. And then if I go one step further here and provide sort of the third one, thinking about delivery, I would suggest that, again, not rocket science here, but speak with passion. If you're not passionate about your material, how can you expect anybody else to be passionate about it with you? And again, that's nothing amazing as far as advice, but it's amazing to me how many people seem really bored and tired of the message that they're actually sharing with their audience. So some basic passion, some basic enthusiasm. It's amazing how far that goes when you're up there in front of a room. Scott, thank you so much. It's great advice. We really enjoyed having you on the show today. Well, thanks, guys. I really do appreciate the opportunity. Is there anything else you'd like to leave with our listeners? Yeah, definitely. If anybody is interested at this point and wanting to learn their profile, you could do that at ethos3.com slash badge. Again, that's ethos3, E-T-H-O-S, the number 3.com slash badge. And just submit your information there and you'll be provided the opportunity to take the badge assessment where you can actually learn your presentation persona. And obviously, don't forget to pick up a copy of What's Your Presentation Persona where you can learn what your profile is really all about. Our guest today has been Scott Schwertley of Ethos 3. You can learn more about Scott, including links to his great book, What's Your Presentation Persona? And also find out how you can take the badge assessment in our show notes at businessownersradio.com. This episode has been sponsored by Align for Business at Align, the number four, business.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. 
As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.